Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I just want to thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Good afternoon, good afternoon, and welcome, welcome, welcome to Sunday Dialogue. I am your host. I am your host for today, Shante Charles, Prophet Shante Charles, and the co-founder of Life Nation, along with Apostle Robert Charles. I hope that you've been having a great and wonderful day as we get ready to dive into the scriptures and have a little dialogue with the word. Join me for a moment of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your kindness. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your strength and we thank you for your truth. We thank you for your grace and your tenderness towards us. Father, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, for you are my Father, my Creator, my strength, and my Redeemer. It is in your son Jesus' name that I pray, believe, receive, and operate in the truth. Amen and amen. So I want to, first of all, say thank you to those of you who have been listening, those of you who have been sharing the word. We know that there is so much material, so much uh, noise and voices that have gone out into the world. And you could be listening to anyone or anything at this time, but you're choosing to engage the word with us and we don't take that for granted. So we do want to say thank you for those who are tuning in and listening, both our partners and those who are abroad and afar. We are continuing our Writing the Vision series. This is part three. And we have been talking about a resetting that has been happening in the body of believers. We started out by talking about the living stones and what God wants to do with us as believers. And we said that every believer is called to a personal work. Whether you are doing that personal work 
in the community, whether you're doing that personal work with your family, whether you're in politics, whether you're in the entertainment sector, whether you're in business, every believer is called to a personal work. God gives you a personal work to accomplish in the earth. Secondly, every believer is in the priesthood. If you are a follower of, of Christ and a believer of Christ, you are a part of his priesthood that he has formed. Now, we're not talking with the mitre and the robes and the pomp and circumstance. That's not what we're talking about. But every believer is in the priesthood ordained and formed by God himself. We also share that God's meeting place is within you. His place that he wants to meet is within you, within your heart, within your spirit. And we also said that living stones abstain from evil by choice and not by force. Anybody ever had to do something because your parents made you do it? There's a whole different attitude that goes with that, right? Versus you having the willingness and the choice of heart to do something. And so if you are a living stone, if you are a child of the king, if you are a believer, there's a change that happened, a transformation that happened in your heart that said, I have the will to live in a way that pleases God. No one is forcing me to it, but I want to live this way because I love God. Then we talked about resetting our structure, resetting our temple. And the three questions that we walked away with on last Sunday was, can God dwell in you? And I hope you've been thinking about that. Have you made room for the holy and the divine to live on the inside of you? Can God reveal you to you? Have you made room for God to show you the areas in which you are missing the mark? And have you looked in the mirror? What is our mirror? Our mirror is the word of God. So have you looked in the mirror and begun to examine where am I exactly in the faith? And what do I believe about the word of God? Do I believe the word of God and, and the promises of God and the things that God has shared with me? And then can God reveal his plans to you? Have you made room to see, to hear, and to sense what God is saying? We end it by letting you know that you are a holy place. You are the tabernacle of God. You are fellow citizens with the household of God and that the Holy Spirit is what makes us habitable to a holy God. So everyone has the opportunity to receive the Holy Spirit. The question is whether or not you have willingly submitted to receiving the Holy Spirit. And again, that is a choice. Today, we're going to look at our third portion of this that the father has been dealing with me on and so today we're going to look at resetting the sound resetting the sound and I will tell you I was asking the Lord where are we going <laughs> as he began to uh, share with me some things he wanted me to cover and to talk about today so I will tell you you are just as much on an adventure with this word today as I was so as I began to pray about what God was asking me to talk about, because there are so many aspects um, when it relates to sound, what was the father asking me to talk about? And he said, I want you to go to the first instance of sound in scripture. 
So we're talking again, resetting the sound. What is the very first instance of sound in scripture? And believe it or not, it is in, of course, the book of beginnings, the book of Genesis. And it comes from Genesis 1 verse 3. And I'll be reading from the King James Version and possibly the Message Bible today. Genesis 1 verse 3 says, And God said. So the first sound came out of the mouth of the Creator Himself. Let's be clear on that. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. And he called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. And that word light there is an element, and really an element of sound. So the first instance of sound in scripture is inextricably tied to light. If we're going to reset our sound, then we also have to reset our light. Now, as I began to look at this, and I began to look at the power of sound and the power of light, of course, you cannot talk about these things without talking about Einstein's theory that has been proven, which is E equals MC squared. So all of my scientists today, you are gonna be thoroughly in for a treat. All right, so we have E equals MC squared, and you also have modern string theory, which is still a theory because it has not fully been proven, but it shows us something about the universe. And that is the fact that everything in the universe is comprised of tiny vibrating strings. Everything in the universe is comprised of tiny vibrating strings. And some of those are a part of an atom and some are masses of particles that carry light. And according to Einstein, energy and mass are equivalent because E equals mass times the speed of light squared. Now, as I began to look at this, the Lord began to say that in looking at energy and looking at mass and looking at motion, this equivalent mass can be converted into energy, right? And vice versa. Or one can become mass, which is physical, or be converted to energy, which is light, or the thing that is not touchable. It's visible, but we can't go around, you know, grasping hold to light. And we know that even science now is working on ways to departicleize us to be able to convert our, our mass into energy back and forth. Hence, we have things like uh, was demonstrated in the films in Star Trek, Beam Me Up, Scotty, that was all a visualization of this process 
of going from mass to energy and back to mass again, winding up somewhere else in the universe. So our first encounter with sound is the entrance of light or vibration. Sound is produced when an object vibrates, creating a pressure wave. And that wave has vibration and it is the motion of energy within us. Sound serves as a means of expressing devotion, connecting to our creator, and even promoting our mental and emotional well-being. Sound meditation, we now know, can reduce tension, it can reduce anger, it can reduce fatigue, it can reduce anxiety and depression. We know that light is connected to sound, but we also know now that light is also connected to color. And color is to light what pitch and tone are to sound. We know now that higher frequencies of light or sound or high pitched sound shifts toward blue and violet. Then we have the sound that cannot be heard, also known as ultrasound, which cannot be heard with the naked ear. So sound is very important to not just our physical well-being, but it's important to the way the entire universe works. The way the entire universe operates and moves is connected to sound. There are three types of sound that exist. And sound exists independent of us, by the way. It's not dependent on whether we hear it or not. It simply exists. There's audible sound or sound waves that we hear. There's what's called infrasonic sounds or low frequency sounds that are below 20 hertz. And then there's ultrasonic sounds that are too high for us to hear. And that's a frequency above 20,000 hertz. Okay. So the first original vibration of the universe in other words, the very first word thought to have been said or thought to have been uttered was the word om or O-M, spelled O-M, but really made of three letters, A-U-M. So when you hear people saying om, they are calling forth what is thought to be the first original vibration of the universe. It represents the various states of awareness and what is seen as the trinity of divine energy, creation, preservation, and dissolution. Now remember, energy is neither created nor destroyed. It is simply uh, transformed. So sound informs us of the nature around us Sound informs us of space. Sound informs us of objects around us. And we use our own ears to hear every sound. Now, a person who is deaf, okay, understands sound through vibrations or visual cues. So even in that, 
we still see vibration playing a part. Sound is linked to our well-being. So when someone tells you it doesn't matter what it sounds like, just know that they don't understand sound. When someone tells you it doesn't matter what you hear, just know that they don't understand sound. They don't have a, a good grasp on the power of sound. It's linked to our well-being. The speed of sound is 776 miles per hour. The speed of sound is 767 miles per hour. We can't fathom that, right? But even that, sound waves move four times faster if they're traveling in water than they do in air. Sound is not just conceptual, it also has a physical aspect. Yes, let's go a little further. Sound can make objects levitate. It's called acoustic levitation. You can create a control point where frequencies come together and meet that cause particles to begin to move and vibrate, lifting whatever instrument it is. Sound can do that. Sound can create electricity. There's something called a score stove where sound can be heated. Well, heat can be converted to sound and then converted into electricity. Sound can create electricity. Sound can create art. Your voice has a specific sound pattern. It has a specific pattern that can be used to create art. Uh-huh. Sound can be used in medicine, and we know it can because of the ultrasound. That sound that we cannot hear, but it allows people to see into the interior of a human being. So sound can also clean. This is where an ultrasonic machine can be used to remove germs, and particles and contaminants. This is what sound can do. These are not suppositions. This is, you can look it up. So when God said, he released sound into the world and light, he gifted us with something so powerful that we are still figuring out to this day what sound can do. That's enough to just shout off right there. From the time that the creator spoke the world into existence to this day, we are still figuring out what sound gifted us with in the world. And so when we talk about resetting the sound, I'm going to, walk you through a couple of examples and then we're going to land on one importance of sound genesis 3 and 8 what has happened between genesis 1 and genesis 3 and 8 humankind adam and eve 
have fallen because they succumb to a what? Sound. They succumbed to the sound of the serpent. And when we find them in Genesis 3 and 8, it says, and they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not? And so what happens? The world gets thrown on its axis because of a sound. A sound that they succumb to. A voice that they chose to listen to. We're talking about resetting the sound. So they hear the sound of God as he was walking in the garden, and then they hide from the sound that they once obeyed. That's one example of sound. Let's look at another example of sound. Genesis 32, excuse me, Exodus 32. Exodus 32, Moses is before the Lord and Moses is supposed to be receiving the word to deliver to the children of Israel. And starting at verse one, it said, and when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down out of the mount, the people gathered themselves unto Aaron and said unto him, up, make us gods which shall go before us. Whereas this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we would not, what is become of him? So what does Aaron do? Aaron decides to go along with what the people asked for. And they begin to worship the golden calf that is made up of their physical items and jewelry and all of that. And in verse seven, and the Lord said unto Moses, <laughs> go get thee down for thy people, which thou broughtest out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. They have turned aside quickly out of the way, which I commanded them. They have made them a molten calf and have worshiped it and have sacrificed thereunto and said, these be thy gods, O Israel, which have brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. Now, as Moses begins to go down the mountain, verse 17, we know that Joshua is with him. It says, and when Joshua heard the noise of the people as they shouted, he said unto Moses, there is a noise of war in the camp. And Moses said, it is not the voice of them that shout for mastery, Neither is it the voice of them that cry for being overcome, but the noise of them that sing, do I hear? So there was a sound going out. There was a collective sound that was going out, but it was the sound 
of idolatry. It was the sound of reveling and worshiping ideally their own selves. It was the sound of deciding that we don't want to worship God. We want to worship what we have made as our own God with our own hands. So this is another example of sound, except God recognizes this isn't the sound that's supposed to be coming from my people. Moses, I need you to go down there and see what's going on. See with your own eyes. And we won't get into it today, but this sound ultimately sparks a civil and religious cleansing that happens with the people because Moses calls certain people and he says, who's on the Lord's side? And those that come to the Lord's side began to war against what was not of God. And so a spiritual and civil cleansing begins to take place after this event. Let's go to another sound, Daniel 3. Let's go there. Daniel chapter 3. Nebuchadnezzar, the king, made an image of gold whose height was three score cubits and the breadth thereof six cubits, and he set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king sent to gather together the princes, the governors, the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image which Nebuchadnezzar the king has set up. Then the princes, governors, the captains, treasurers, counselors, sheriffs, and all the rulers were gathered together to dedicate the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up, and they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. He said, It is commanded, O people, nations, and languages, that at what time ye hear the sound of the coronet, the flute, the harp, the sackbut, the psaltery, the dulcimer, all kinds of music, you fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king hath set up. And here we have Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, all being encouraged to a sound. All we want you to do is just bow down to this sound. The sound that's playing that is in homage and worship to this idol, to this statue, all you have to do is bow down. If you just bow down and worship when the music hits, everything will be okay. It was a simple request, wasn't it? But it was a sound in homage to an idol. So Daniel did not bow to it. And his peer, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, did not bow to it. And what happens? They are thrown into a fiery furnace because they refuse to bow down to the sound. What sound 
are you refusing to bow down to? Ask yourself that today. We have one more text where we're going to land today. And that text is 1 Samuel. Let's go there now. 1 Samuel 3. Again, we are talking about resetting the sound. 1 Samuel 3. In case you don't know who Samuel is, Samuel was a prophet of the Lord who ministered in the temple under the priest, the high priest at the time, Eli. And Samuel was a special child because of his parents' prayer, Hannah, for herself to have a child. And this child is born and Hannah um, commits to dedicating him to the Lord. After he turns a certain age, she dedicates him to the temple and he goes to live amongst the high priests and the high priest's sons in the temple at the time. And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. And it came to pass at that time when Eli was laid down in his place, as his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see, and ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was, and Samuel was laid down to sleep. That the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, Here am I. And he ran to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou called me. And he said, I called not. Lie down again. And he went and lay down. And the Lord called yet again, Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And he answered, I called not, my son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. And the Lord Samuel called Samuel again the third time, and he arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. Therefore Eli said unto Samuel, Go, lie down, and it shall be, if he call thee, that thou shalt say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood and called as at other times. Then Samuel answered, Speak, for thy servant heareth. And the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I will do a new thing in Israel, at which both the ears of everyone that heareth it shall tingle. And in that day I will perform against Eli all things which I have spoken concerning his house. When I begin, I will also make an end. For I have told him that I will judge his house forever. For the iniquity which he knoweth, 
because his sons made themselves vile and he restrained them not. And therefore, I have sworn unto the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be purged with sacrifice nor offering forever. And Samuel lay until the morning and opened the doors of the house of the Lord. And Samuel feared to show Eli the vision. Then Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. And he answered, here am I. And he said, what is the thing that the Lord has said to you? I pray thee, hide it not from me. God do so to thee and more also, if thou hide anything from me of all the things he said unto thee. And Samuel told him every wit and hid nothing from him. And he said, it is the Lord. Let him do what seemeth him good. Samuel grew and the Lord was with him and did let none of his words fall to the ground. Now, Samuel was in a temple under a priesthood that was corrupt. This priesthood was doing duties and it was doing rituals and it had lots of structure, but it was wholly corrupt, wholly corrupt. Eli, when the Lord spoke of the iniquity that he said he knew about, he was talking about his sons, Hophni and Phinehas. And Eli had not been covering for his sons per se, but he was aware of what his sons were doing and his inaction was allowing his son's evil to multiply and go unchecked. These men were cheating God of the offering and they were defiling the women at the same time. And so failing to restrain the sin that he knew about was going to end the priesthood of Eli and his sons. Samuel becomes a new voice in a fading house. Samuel becomes a new voice in a fading paradigm. And I'm here to tell you today that that is where we are in Christian history right now. There are many people who God is raising up to be a new voice, a new sound in a fading house, in a fading paradigm. You might be sitting in a house today wondering, I don't understand why I see what I'm seeing. I don't understand the corruption that I, I'm seeing. I know we have rituals. I know we have duties. I know we have formalities, but I am seeing this corruption continue to go on. I'm seeing corruption go unchecked and I'm wondering what is up with the body of believers. Why is no one checking the house? But understand that God is resetting the sound. God is resetting the house. And you are going to see that resetting of the house. So I encourage you to get ready to be a new voice. You might be in a fading house, 
you might be in a fading paradigm. Understand that these things will fade and they will end because God is judging it. Someone said, I don't understand what's going on right now in the body of believers. God is judging some things. And there's not going to be um, any amount of I'm sorry that's going to stop the judgment of what is going on. Now, in the New Testament, we know that we are now the temple of a holy God. And God is showing us now the ending and the failing and the falling of a system. He's showing us where there have been rituals, but no righteousness, where there has been corruption leading the way and not Christ, where there has been defilement in the place of his divinity and his holiness. And some people are afraid of what they see. They're afraid to tell corrupt leaders that this is the end, that you are on the way out. But at this moment in time, at this place in history, you have to open up your mouth and speak the truth. Resetting the sound means that those who refuse to hear and repent will be replaced with believers who hear and do what the Father says. We do not have to succumb to the unholy. We do not have to bow to a sound that's trying to lead us astray or into ungodliness. We can recognize the internal sound of God as he's spoken to us by his Holy Spirit, who directs us to Christ and leads us into all truth. This sound that God is bringing forth is healing. This sound will move things. This sound will create this sound will bring a cleansing to the body of believers. There is power in the resetting of the sound that God is bringing forth today on all levels, on all levels. What you hear, he's resetting. What you speak, he's resetting. What voice you submit to, let it be a submission to the voice and the spirit of God. That is my time because that is what the Lord has given me to share on today. And so I'm going to turn it over at this point to Apostle Robert. Amen. Praise the Lord, everyone. Bless the Lord, all who are here today and hearing this message here again. Once again, I really appreciate the technical proficiency of this message. There are some great things in here that pertains to physics and sound. The most beautiful thing is, as she expressed so well, is that the very first instance of sound in the scripture was the voice of the Lord, okay? That very first instance of that uh, sound was connected to 
Let there be light. That's what the Lord spoke. That was the very first written knowledge that we have currently to this date about voice in this earth setting. And the thing that is amazing about what she has spoken, even from when God said, let there be light, to the point where let there be Samuel, okay? Those two instances were very synonymous. We have to remember the earth was without form. It was without void. It was run down by the beings that were on this earth at that time. And God had to clean the house. So the very first aspect of cleaning house was to say, let there be light. The voice. Let there be a sound and an illumination that brings a resetting and a wholeness and a rebuilding into an environment that we now call earth that we habitate upon as human beings. Okay. Now, the thing that's so interesting about what she said here with let there be light with the beginning in the Genesis aspect and with the aspect of Samuel, Samuel became an, an, a, a modern I mean, a ancient parable of what happened in Genesis. God said, let there be light, but God said he called to Samuel. At first, he was calling to the earth and said, let there be light. Later on, he said, he called unto Samuel so that you can be the light for me and my sound in the earth. So what happens is God has a cycle. We have to make sure that we do not get overwhelmed when we see Form without form, without void in our environments. When we see things without form, without void happening in religious environments, when we see things without form and void in political environments or governmental leadership environments, when we see without form, without void in business environments, just know that God sends a sound. And the thing that was so beautiful about what she said is that the very first things about sound is that, you know, there's a low frequency sound, there's a high frequency sound, and there's an audible sound. So there are some sounds that are occurring that we don't even hear yet. They have not even come to our spiritual understanding as of yet, but they are moving. There's vibrations happening. Like she said, the sound is when something and an object vibrates. So we have to understand that there's a shaking. Vibration means shaking. So we have to not be afraid when something begins to shake, when things begin to shake. In order to reset something, you have to shake it out of place. One of the very first things that happens in new construction, the very first thing that happens is demolition. You hear the sound of the tractors moving, doing earthwork, moving that earth. You hear, you hear the beep beeps and the, and the, and the engines roaring and, and the going forward. We have to understand that there is you become a light. Your light becomes a tractor for God's reconstruction. You wonder why tractors look yellow. <laughs> it's something bright. 
something very visible and something very audible that occurs. So we have to understand there's an encouragement here because the heart can get weary when you see so much darkness and things get out of shape, out of form, to become void in their existence or their purpose rather. And so we have to understand is that to let there be light as it was in Genesis, let there be light as it was in Samuel, and let there be light as it was as it is now in this technology age in us. So we are light bearers. We will definitely hear more about that this year about being light bearers. Okay. But understand is that God has the plan. His voice is a voice of purity. His voice is a voice of shaking. His voice is a voice of realigning. Matter of fact, as she said, sound allows things to levitate. So understand that the sound of God may take you from one place into different places. And you're trying to figure out, how did I even get here? But the place where you land is the place where God wants his sound to be made audible. So anyway, let us pray on these notes here. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this message, this powerful, uh, very intellectual and spiritual message today about the foundation of sound and the origins of sound and how sound is used uh, for the spiritual development of the kingdom of God. So Father, help us now today, as a, like this says, he or she who has an ear, let them hear the sound of what God is saying. So Father, help us to hear what your voice is saying. As it was with Samuel, help us not to be startled or not to have to um, question what is happening, but Lord, help us to be attuned to your call so that we can respond to what you're saying to us. And Father, that you would give us the courage and the fortitude to release the sound that you give to us. The words that you give to us, words have sound, and those sounds must go forth and not stay in one place because even as sound moves at 767 miles per hour in the natural, Lord, let those words that you give to us to speak, let them move in such a fashion that it can be heard wide and widespread. In the name of Jesus, we pray, Lord. And those who have a, who are hearing a sound of Christ calling them to a higher place or even to a place of, of new beginnings, Father, we pray, Lord God, that you allow people who know that within them they've heard the sound. Lord, let them be like Samuel to say, speak, Lord, for your servant is hearing. And not just to speak and let us hear, but help us to act upon the release of what you have given us in the name of Jesus. Those who may not know Christ as their Savior and Lord, let them hear that sound of Christ calling. Let them respond to that sound. Let Christ be their Savior and their Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Let us not submit, even as Daniel and the Hebrew boys, all those Hebrew young men, that they would not 
<laughs> there's so much pomp and circumstance trying to be political, looking at what's being erected in political environments for us to submit to. But Lord, help us not submit to things that are erected out of a pure purpose of idolatry. Help us to not yield to such vices, even with the powers that be in the earth. You are greater than what the earth is. Give us the strength. Give us the clarity and help us to walk accordingly to as you give us instruction through your sound. In Christ Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So thank you all for joining today. We really appreciate uh, your patronage of Life Nation. Uh, you can definitely support us if you're led to through the various means we have uh, through Cash App, uh, Venmo, or even sending um, you know, mail to the address we have that's posted there on our social media page on Facebook and whatsoever. So God bless you. Uh, we pray that you stay warm throughout this week. I know the nation was hit with that Arctic front. Uh, we have survived it. <laughs> uh, we're doing well, and we pray that you do well as you go forth in this third week of January. Okay, fourth week of January. Bless you and have a wonderful Sunday afternoon. Amen.